This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. And decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. I'm Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this June 26th. How are you, Devin? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You say you just got out of surgery or something? I just got out of surgery. Been in surgery all day. All day. I yeah, it was all day. <laughs> what what was it? Um there was one lady who had breast cancer and they took a mastectomy, so they took one of her breasts and then they took a muscle from her back 
and cut it and wrapped it around the front to make a new breast. And it took eight hours. <laughs> wow, a muscle? They used a muscle? The, yeah, the latissimus dorsi, your lats. Yeah, yeah. This big muscle. I don't know, it was weird because they left the attachment site in the armpit, but they just cut it, part huh. of it, and wrapped it around the other way. <laughs> okay. Well, so what, what was your job? I just stood there and cheered everybody on. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm team morale. I'm like the the cheerleader. <laughs> it's like the guy to agree or disagree with something. Or... <laughs> right. If anything needs to be done, stat. I'll be the guy that says stat. Okay. <laughs> I got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Give me some coffee. Stat. <laughs> I need some coffee stat. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Your day's just starting. My day's almost over. Yeah. Well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had kind of a I had an aha moment Uh-oh. this week. I wanted to tell you about. Okay. I was watching a TED Talk. You've seen these TED Talks. Yeah. It was on YouTube. And uh, I guess um, they do these big TED conferences and they talk about all kinds of stuff and have experts come and talk and stuff. But I guess one of these experts said something so controversial <laughs> that they actually banned the talk, erased it, and got rid of it and pretend like it never happened. So the guy went <laughs> re-uploaded it online. He did? Yeah, so it's it's a banned TED Talk. Really mm. funny. Super mm. interesting. It's a guy who's a scientist and kind of a philosopher at the same time. And he said, it's interesting that we think science is so set. In fact, we use the, the vernacular of laws, laws of nature. It's like things that are absolute constants, as we suppose, like the constant uh, gravity constant. Yeah. Or stuff like the speed of light is a constant it's the most constant thing in the universe i mean everything is based around that and he says but even c.s lewis back in the day kind of made fun of that idea he's like so if i take a rock and i drop it and it falls according to the laws of nature it must be a very good citizen (laughs) i would hate for there to be a rock that's not a good citizen and breaks the law Kind of insinuating that it's just a metaphor. A law, calling them laws of nature is just a metaphor. And what if these things are not constant? And so he went back and checked the historical records. There's this kind of organization that keeps records. They have to remeasure the speed of light <clears throat> and gravity and stuff like that. And all these constants. There's a whole bureau of constants. And he said, yeah, there was a period from 1925 to like 1936, like a 10-year span or something, where gravity slowed down. And it wasn't just in one place. And it wasn't just a little bit. It was like a, it was like a 10% drop or something. Wow. But yeah, it's nuts. And he's like, and it wasn't just recorded in one place. It was America and France and Germany and Britain and Japan. And like everywhere <laughs> for 10 years recorded that gravity had changed. And so he, he was pointing out, he's like, even these things that we take for granted as being constants and we stop questioning them and we just say, we know it let's stop asking questions about it because we've solved that problem already. 
And when he <clears throat> he talked, he actually called up this organization that measures these constants. And he's like, well, you know, the speed of light and stuff changes. There's fluctuations. How do you guys deal with that? They say, well, we take an average of everyone's measurements and then just kind of redo it. Eventually, because <laughs> you know how you, you measure speed. Speed is a distance per unit of time, right? That's yeah. how you measure speed. Okay. But there was problems with the speed of light. And so what they said is they're like, okay, well, we're going to redefine distance. Instead of a meter <laughs> being a set amount of distance on a two-dimensional plane, we're going to say a meter is how far light travels in a certain amount of time. Uh -huh. <laughs> so what they've done is they measure how fast light is going uh -huh. relative to units that are measured by how fast light is going. <laughs> so, so, so functionally, if, if light ever slows down or speeds up, the length of the meter changes with it so that the units are always perfectly constant. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. But uh, it, yeah, you won't even notice. You go through these, if there is changes, and you're like, oh, no, this is constant. It feels like the government to me. But uh, <laughs> measure use yourself as the basis of reality and then you're always have a, a set constant of reality and th you know that's what our perceptions are like as we have this belief system we then it's projected out onto reality and then we're receiving that same projection to then seem as if it is constant and even if time is slowing down or light is slowing down or speeding up or anything, you know, just like that whole effect of time flies when we're having fun, uh, right. which has always been a part of my life, is, <laughs> you know, it still somehow makes sense. And it's like, no, it didn't really speed up. It was more your perception of it speeding up and, and all this. And you try and fit it into making sense instead of the actuality of what occurred you know you you actually go in through time warps and you you know constantly throughout your day as i talk about alternate universes and everything and you're changing and shifting and moving around all over the place like if there was the scale to measure what uh, you, you know and where in the universe the system of alternate universes and timelines that you're in, you're jumping around all over the place just simply by what you're choosing to believe in, in that time frame. And, you know, it, it, it is as simple as understanding that we have this belief system that, oh, when I go into this uh, direction of the universes, I am tired. Oh, I wanna, and we don't have any idea within our belief system that we're actually going into alternate perspectives, alternate universes. Oh, I have tons of energy with this. You know, oh, I'm, I'm sick with this. So we make this, using this collective of the movements of what we are actually doing into this definition of how the body works and how mm -hmm. things affect me. And, and really, it's just a collective of belief systems that, you know, caffeine does this to me. And, <laughs> you know, this type of medicine works this with me, you know, and this placebo-nocebo effect that uh, is constant. And it really is it's it's an attempt to avoid the actual truth of quite literally the entire system is just a reflection of quite literally the center of the universe which is within you mm -hmm. 
it was interesting because the whole point of the guy's talk was to say that basically what you're pointing out, we, we have these ideas and they're preconceived ideas that are all very subjective, but we want to not look at them. We don't want to acknowledge yeah. it. We, we tend to avoid them. And his whole talk was the idea that even science, even the most rigid laws of nature, structures that can't be bent, is still full of bias and subjectivity. And because he said that, they kicked him off of the TED Talk and erased his talk, which yeah, just that's... proves that it, it actually proves what he was saying, though. They don't want to see yeah. that there's variableness, that there's bias and stuff. Yeah, it's that, that ego system that quite literally will fight and fend off when it recognizes and starts seeing that truth, uh, just that it's not about anything solid. It's not about anything rigid. It's not about, like, like we want to go from one rigid thing to, okay, maybe another rigid thing and maybe another uh, rigid idea of it being fluidity and, you know, and, and that, it, you know, <laughs> we're taking these little steps, but anybody too far extreme, it's just like, whoa, no, no, no. We have to wait a, a hundred years to get to that belief system. We can't just jump to that right now. And that's, you know, a lot of like what I go through and how people don't comprehend me is uh, as much as I want to break it down and make sense you know, it's <clears throat> as far as, you know, we talked about that stairway of heaven idea before that we want right. to just comprehend the people that are a little bit before us and after us uh, in these steps. Mm. But when they're too far ahead, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it, it flipped the they went through, you know, like seven different paradigm shifts. And so they're so far shifting and they're full of shift and that you, know, <laughs> you can't comprehend what they're saying until you go through those shifts as well, you know? And so we still, even as I talk about these alternate universes and, and the direction and, and the movement of this, we still try and make it into some solidified idea, you know, and some right. dogma and making sense out of it that this is how it is. And even as I'm speaking about it, I'm talking about illusions here. I'm talking about making sense out of something that doesn't exist at all. And we're, we're just, playing along with dreams and, and trying to get this solidified form understanding, taking its steps to what's necessary. You know, there, so there's those options of, of just, we make it so extreme in our experiences uh, to eventually it's just this big bubble that pops. And instead of just, you know, not blowing up a bubble at all, those are different options. I don't know if that, that makes sense. <laughs> Why go off? <laughs> well, I was sitting in a <clears throat> in a psychiatry class earlier this week, and someone was doing a presentation, and they were talking about different mental disorders, and and um, the psychiatrist was talking about delusional disorder, <laughs> and she's like, "Explain what delusions are." It's like, "Well, delusions are people who have ideas that are just weird. They're not real. <laughs> Somebody who thinks they can control the sun." Or somebody who thinks they are God. Or somebody who thinks they are super rich, but they're really not. She's like, so what is a delusion? A delusion is any time your belief structure, what you believe, is not consistent with reality. And what's and reality? And just was like, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Why didn't oh, you? Like, You're sitting in, right? You're supposed version? to be like the smart guy that's joining the class. <laughs> <laughs> you got to... 
gotta be nice at work. It's like, how, how do you define reality? And they're saying the basis of uh, sociable acceptance. You know, right. Jesus was right. absolutely insane, delusional, crazy person, right. and and yet the only reason people believe it is because there was some sort of evidence within their realm of understanding that they would refer to as miracles. But, you know, if Jesus today, yeah, he's a crazy, uh, insane homeless guy that's traveling around <laughs> with young boys, and, you know, we would lock him up a long time ago. Right. Yeah, brought up an interesting idea because I'm like, your beliefs are inconsistent with whose version of reality. And also, yeah, exactly. if the definition is that your beliefs are inconsistent with reality, all of us are delusional. Every single person. Yeah. Yep. It would leave no room for learning or growth or anything. If you understood reality perfectly, you're done. Yeah, well, it depends on your definition of done, too. Because a That's lot true. of people think, <clears throat> oh, I, I've learned, I've, I've achieved this curriculum. Now I have this diploma, so I'm done with that information. And that's, <laughs> you know, a little different, too, is, you know, as this eternal movement eternal change and eternal evolution it, it does seem like that and every dimension has its uh, a, what documentation or information or lessons to learn and perspective mm -hmm. but yeah it's not until you recognize something like that that the only way to see beyond what the world has defined you know the knowledge of man and society and until then you are not able to question and recognize that there is something beyond that. So, like what they're saying, yeah, so someone that has crazy ideas, like, you know, they're God, they're the Son of God, they can perform miracles and all this stuff, uh, is completely delusional to the status of where society currently believes as reality. But let's say, you know, of course, go back to a thousand years ago and you got this this thing that you can look up all this information on a, this device in your hand and you can you have all this information uh you didn't have that thousands of years ago and you would be uh completely insane to talk about any of the <laughs> ideas like even surgery uh and right. what you're doing and <laughs> you using a muscle like that and you're like what on earth and the even the idea of cancer is com you know it's 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 this whole thing that we have this current definition. And so you can see where society is mostly taking the step together. You know, where is the majority of the belief system of my mind? And this is kind of what it is. And then am I willing to push the envelope? Am I willing to, to move it ahead a little bit? I, everyone that does is before their time. And it mm -hmm. doesn't really regard... Or it doesn't really matter if it's really right or not, because it's about you pushing it is making a direction in which the whole society will be going regardless, or they will be divided up and go different directions. Mm -hmm. You know, so that measurement of gravity that you are mentioning, it, I wonder if it coincided with the whole... A Scientology leader, and I think it was C.S. Lewis, where they had their their little cult together, and they were doing the worshiping Satan things, and apparently they opened up a a portal or something, and and a, a lot of things shifted, a lot of things changed at that time. 
I wonder if it coincides with that time period. I do. I wonder. Well, the thing that the speaker was saying is he said, wouldn't it be interesting if we first acknowledged that it happened instead of trying to erase it in the numbers and then tried to correlate it with what was going on? Like, was the earth passing through a patch of dark matter? Or is there a portal to another world that's opening or something? Like all of this cool phenomena that we could actually learn from could be exposed to us. But instead, we'd rather pretend that no gravity is a constant. Remember? Yeah. And that does emphasize the the focus of dimension in which we prefer. And if we're willing and open-minded, that's kind of the key idea there to a miracle worker is to be open-minded. It really doesn't matter to what, because to be open-minded, it requires something outside of your paradigm. And that's what it's about. It's not so much about, you know, what so much. It's just about expanding your mind, and it will always bring you, you know, as far as your path, it will always bring you to the reality and the truth still remaining to be true. So we want to, as far as stretching people's minds and stuff, is, is it doesn't really matter what kind of a crazy idea, as long as they accept something <laughs> else, something more, and it will, it's the expansion of that mind and the percentage of accepting reality it's not really about the universe that it does see. And yeah, going to another dimension has a whole nother definition and laws mm. in the same sense as we see laws here. But we expanded our mind and consciousness from the second dimension, the pre-existence, to accepting a new idea called the knowledge of good and evil into you know the reality of physical bodies as much as we see now. So we, we do have the capability and it is inevitable that we do it. Uh, but we have to have that willingness to go ahead and go forth. Or else we're sitting there saying, you know, all the glory to me. I'm not going to go anywhere. This is how it is. This is how I want it to be. And, you know, a lot of people are representations of this physical paradigm and will insist to stay in this. But it's by their own right, their own decision. And it's almost as if we need representations in every dimension. So if you want to do this, then go ahead. But if you feel that yearning and that call... That to to be more, to understand more, to see more, then go for it, you know. Well, like you were talking about with the the stairway to heaven, you know, it's it's easy to accept the step above and below, but how many steps above you can accept is kind of limited by your willingness to stretch yeah. out. And there's like this resistance, and that's the thing that I thought was so interesting with this talk was. What he was saying was causing a lot of backlash from the TED organizers and from science in general. There's this resistance, you know. Yeah, that's so, that's why I I don't know if I could do a TED talk. I would I would be banned anyway, so I wouldn't go anywhere. So. <laughs> Did I lose you? Are you there? Oh. You still there, Mark? Uh oh, you've been banned. I, I can't hear you, so I don't know. Oh, crap. We're going to call Mark back. <coughs> Give that a one rating. Here we go. Let's call. Call again. Hopefully he's not calling at the same time. Sorry, I lost you. You there now? All right. Yeah, I don't know Sorry. what happened that damn mute button, wasn't it? 
<laughs> British internet. It's slow sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I'd be just banned as a doing a TED talk myself. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I think it would be because I just I just don't make any sense. That's. It's like you don't have any facts. <laughs> Where are you basing this from? Show me a book that says what you say. Yeah, yeah, we have to see. That's like that. That makes, oh, that oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we have to come from a book that talks about what we talk about. So, in other right. words, in order to move it forward, you have to write another book, and <laughs> and then they have to talk about that book and and related to other books and come from that a little bit farther. And then, but you have to write a book in order to you know make it. <laughs> so we can move forward you know right. it's like that's kind of like society is like you have to make it make sense to a collective and enough people to be acceptable in order to move forward or even question the ideas to be something else to go forward in, in some other fashion mm -hmm. unfortunately I'm just not a writer <laughs> dang you could write a book that I could quote when I write a book hey yeah you know I'm I'm looking for a ghostwriter, kind of. So. I got enough audios out there. I got thousands of hours. Thousands of hours out there. It's it's insane. It's just not as credible as a book is. I mean, people want that on paper. I don't, I don't understand, but okay. Right. What is, the, what is the propensity for resistance that society has to change? Is that just stemming from the ego? Well, I mean, we did we did achieve something to get here and it's like that's why even dimensions exist at all is because in order to get to one perspective you you literally shifted your mind in the way you look at the universe so mm -hmm. then it becomes a whole nother dimension so as you know you you've gone through life learning a lot of stuff going through different classes you learned more every single time you go to a class or something you have more information you it's you're actually moving through dimensions but there's it's still within the framework of the laws of those of this specific what would be referred to as a dimension and then when you're confronted with literally having to in order to exist you have to see things differently you have no choice often in this realm it's referred to as death and you absolutely have no choice but to think of something differently or you're repeating this same dimensional focus and and so that's that's kind of the idea is that w with this spirituality this mind training is that you're moving through dimensions quite literally by changing your mind by you know you're moving through in other words elementary school first grade second grade third you know fourth fifth so on and you're going through different classes different information different learning to think differently you know, and, and and every single one of them tells you you will use this in real life, and and it makes it seem <laughs> so useful. And you have to learn it very uh, specifically, and have to be able to make it practical and apply and everything. And, and then yet you know you you're moving on through these, and it's like how how often do you use that geometry and stuff? You know, and <laughs> you know it's like that. Is that it's very important very uh strong while you're doing it like it's it has meaning while you're doing it but it's only really to move on to the next 
And and so like the resistance is is a prime focus in the lessons that is here. Uh, it is specific in the knowledge of good and evil that it's actually the fourth dimension of looking at the physical world uh, in, in the sense of like looking at animals that they don't really have that same understanding being more of an instinctual thing. It's all about the physical representation, not so much about actually conceptually understanding and and possibly trying to do what's right and all this stuff. And so it's it's already in a whole nother realm of understanding. So the resistance is the recognition that the lesson to be learned is of acceptance. So in order to move on past the fourth dimension of consciousness is is the opposite of what you find very apparent. But you have to, as he was saying, you said that guy was saying that you have to recognize mm -hmm. that it is possible for something else to happen in order to open your mind uh, to it, to even the expansion of becoming something new. I talked about this mm -hmm. earlier. Like, I, I, I can I can say how I can induce and help people have out of body experiences. We can travel astrally together. It's undeniable experiences, and yet, you know, people try and and confine that into what they still believe is true, and they don't want to actually recognize that that's even possible. So that, you know, it comes back smack into their little paradigm and saying yeah well he can do this but i'm not i'm not going to do that it's a little too insane and i'm afraid of my reality will be distorted and and you know what am i going to do, do if i can't you know concentrate on my work and and everything and you know it's it's literally a reborn and conversion that happens uh, when you recognize that your reality is something more than what you once thought it was. And you, you can't help but to react to the world differently by naturally having some sort of experience like that. <laughs> so when you have those kinds of experience, it helps you expand your mind and like accept that there's more out there. Yeah, it's like firsthand, you know, getting hands-on experience of it. And, you know, you, but you have that willingness to believe that something is possible. You know, you, you, you like don't completely understand it yet. And that's okay. You know, you understand it once you go through it, just like the physical body. We mm -hmm. didn't completely understand it until we actually, you know, dug our hands in deep into it and, and, <laughs> and completely forget about everything else. And we're like, holy crap, what am I doing? And, you know, it, it, it's, you know, when you get first-hand experience fully in it is the only time you can explain uh, experience it really you know whatever I'm mixing up words it's like people have this idea <laughs> as well of god you know god how can god know everything uh and you know you say god knows everything and <laughs> the only way for god to know everything is he would have to experience everything for himself firsthand so in other mm. words you know, God has to do this. God had to do this as well. So we think of uh, when people talk about what the purpose of this life is, and it's often referred to as a test. Uh, the mm -hmm. test is the recognition of who you are and the recognition of what the purpose is. If there is a test in it at all, uh, it's, it's about that. And so in in that depends on which dimensional focus you're willing to see so if it's you think it's you and it's about you then you know the 
you think this you're forgetting what the universe is you're forgetting you know what god is and you're thinking it's about you and you but that's the point of every single dimension is you're going to get fully into it immersed firsthand experience of getting lost in every single dimensional experience and then you're <laughs> you're going to be able to think differently to get out of it and so this was a course in limitation, a course in physical embodiment, a course in, in solidification. And now you're going through the required course of trying to see differently, trying to think differently, trying to experience reality differently by changing your mind of what is real. And so it seems scary because a lot of people through this resistance forget that it's about moving forward and that using that staircase metaphor is like they're camping out saying this is <laughs> you know i i had to learn to get to here and and you're telling me i have to learn to get out of it no no i i want to just do this this is a good one i'm going to just say this this is the step i'm going to i'm going to stay on for the rest of my life you know it doesn't matter about <laughs> people like passing through or anything yeah, I should give you time to talk. What's up? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally feel where you're coming from. You get to this point and you're like, I like this step. I'm just going to stay right here. Yeah. You have to like wait for somebody and you're waiting for something to completely shake your, your, your whole foundation at that time of what is real. So something has to have a cosmic two by four. They mentioned whacking you in the head where you can't avoid it anymore. You're like, I need to do something different or I need to think differently in order to actually uh, get somewhere, you know, actually be happy. And so, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I need a breather. And those kind of things just happen naturally. If we get stuck in a pattern of behavior, something will come along that shakes us up. It is required. It is the whole purpose of all of these dimensional experiences, all these dreams within dreams, is that your nature is to move forward, is to experience it. And your nature is quite literally to experience every last little percentage of the totality of ultimately what is God. Divide it up. Even bad yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, it, <clears throat> so I mean, like, that idea is like the knowledge of there being bad stuff is definitely a field in which those percentages go through. But that's, that's mostly within this fourth dimensional perspective where it thinks it's separate from God, you know, and God made, you know, the right and the wrong, or the right and the rest of the stuff is wrong, as if there's something else that created all that. Uh, it, right. it doesn't make sense anymore to me, that's for sure. <laughs> Complicated. Oh, did I take too many steps forward for you? <laughs> are you, are you here with me? You're with me, I think. No, I'm liking it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of, so as we get stuck on this, this step, something will come and knock us in the head and force us to, like, move forward, to learn to think. And part of that, like you were saying, is experiencing, when you experience things firsthand, that helps us. Or just being open and willing to see things from a new angle, whether that's like religiously or scientifically yeah. or anything. Yeah. And I like that you say knock us uh, in the, and referring to stairs. Usually when you get knocked, you go down 
the stairs mm -hmm. and being this metaphor is stairway to heaven that uh yeah that's kind of what it is is like you get knocked back a few steps and you you look then from objectively from where you used to be on that step and you're like wait a second you know <laughs> and you think you're on the same one but you, you start having a different perspective you're like, oh, I, I used to be like this. I used to feel this way. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so then you come back again to that same step. You, like, come back to town or whatever. You're like, wow. You know, it starts not looking the same. You know, it's not feeling the same. Like, something's missing. And that usually starts uh, giving you that yearning, uh, that desire again, as you had to take those steps again back to reality then now you're like f almost yearning for the the movement of steps you're feeling the the yearning for it more the experience of additional aspects of reality and and going forward in this uh, you know seeing more of what is the truth i mean anytime we, like even the capability of of making this information somehow acceptable is like it has to be watered down into lesser percentage of it so that each step you know makes sense and mm -hmm. I, I talked about a little bit like talking about the purpose of the universe and each step kind of has a different purpose and understanding of the universe so in order to move to the next you you kind of have to use the same words as what the last one was you know saying oh it's about family and it's about relationships and even though that's absolutely true and and all of that, you know, then then you start using a different vernacular of what, you know, family and what's the purpose of family and what's it, you know, and it kind of stretches, but you're willing to accept a little bit, a little bit more. And your perception of what the purpose of life is all about starts shifting and changing a little bit. And if you're in a relationship doing this together, you often come to a point where like, oh, you're so, you're different than you're not the man I married, you know, and <laughs> you like have a different different way about you. And you start dividing up on steps and people start moving forward without the other and, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like you're the definition of what you have on reality just needs to be stretched a little bit. And that's, that's a, another step when it's too far extreme, you know, it's just rejected and, yeah. and we're naturally inspired by a little bit. We need, you know, we need second grade after first and we need third grade after second. Not, not so much. We need, you know, <laughs> go to, you know, college, get college credit after second grade. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be accepted. It's going to be, you know, well, when do we play with blocks? Is there a recess? You know, it's, <laughs> it's a totally different idea and it's hard to accept because it's so extreme. And so when you mention to people like uh, there's no good or evil when they're on a step that's still referencing to good and evil, uh, it, it's usually rejected. And of course, they see you as way down the ladder or the staircase instead of up. You know, mm. and that, that's okay. It's acceptable. We all have to take our little steps, little steps. Speaking of, I got a friend request from your mother again. Mine? Yeah. Oh. It, it what? Kind of, it, go, it goes on and off, this friendship with your mother, like every year. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. It's okay. <clears throat> People get a little nervous about me sometimes. So. Oh, yeah. It yeah. happens all the time. 
Yeah. They just want to like watch you, like it's a peep show. Yeah, well, I, I have a lot of my my page is all about my family now, so uh, and little little snippets of things here and there, but my baby's cute, so we gotta be friends with oh, the yeah. cutie. Right. <laughs> Babies are the best. Because they're cute. Everybody likes them. So if you hold them, then people like you by extension. Yeah. And and if you kiss them, then they'll vote for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for somehow. That's funny. It must be weird being having this existential perspective that's so many steps you know, ahead of other people and having them think you're so weird or yeah. delusional. I am a weirdy. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But like it... we have this. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you. You first. We have this. We have this inherent fear of the unknown, of new stuff, of weird stuff, of anything we're not familiar with. You know. Yeah. But why? Well, it's it's an aspect of this knowledge of good and evil. It is a very specific th- uh, test, lack of better words for this dimensional focus uh, it it's would be referred to as knowledge and the lack of knowledge or or love and the lack of love and uh, even though those seem like we're talking about different things the totality of the knowledge of god is everything right i mean to say god knows everything and even <clears throat> as we f- referred to that knowledge of good and evil is like uh, you don't. Th- many people through their religious teachings, like the church, uh, say that you know it's not necessary or it wasn't necessary to have this knowledge of good and evil. Like God has this knowledge in Himself, but is on such a level or a state that He's not bothered by it. I I don't completely understand what they're saying, <laughs> uh, but in that understanding is that with it I had to figure out what I'm saying I don't know what are we talking about <laughs> when you when God has this knowledge of good and evil but he's not affected by it oh uh, yeah so it's like this it's insisting that the knowledge of good and evil still is talking about something like so this dimensional focus actually believes that's real like there is good and there is evil and there is uh, there is knowing and not knowing and Mm -hmm. and so the fear of not knowing is actually the fear of knowing the fear of god which knows everything and so on that perspective on that level there is no knowledge of good and evil it's the it's quite literally this dimensional focus that it is about good and evil. Like the knowledge is not actually about good and evil. It's about reality. And yet this perspective makes it seem as if it is talking about something referring to even oppositions or having opposites or the lack of love and the love or the knowledge and the lack of knowledge. It's like really there is no separation between the two. And in order to experience it or to know it, you have to actually believe that it's real. You have to actually believe to know not knowing. You have to believe you know and don't know things. 
<laughs> so you're actually firsthand experiencing the evidence of not knowing or the evidence of not having love or not ha or having loneliness. Wow. Like, so you have all the information there. You have literally all the knowledge of God, even in this moment, in this very moment, this very instant. Mm -hmm. And yet it's just perceived as if you have portions of it and, and then there's other portions that you don't have. But in order to recognize what you don't have, you have to have it. If you recognize that and you go into that realization, that in order to identify with what you don't have or aren't experiencing, you have to know what it is in order to do so, then you recognize you have it. Then when you thought you didn't have it, you already have it and you completely transcend that whole experience. But if you're talking so by, about objects, you know, it's a different story. But go ahead. Yeah. So knowledge is not something that I'm like physically holding in my brain. Hmm. That's one of the things that Ted Guy was talking about is he says, you know, we, we have this idea that memories are this thing that we hold inside our head. And the I that is the consciousness that is me is this thing in my head, <laughs> you know? And he's like, what if, what if we challenge that idea? What if this body's not us? You know, I what if see this video. I, you know, I'll send it to you. It's, it's just interesting. He's like, but, you know, scientifically, we don't like to challenge these ideas. We don't like to question absolutes, absolute knowledge. You know, yeah. this consciousness is my brain inside of my head. <laughs> you know, He's like, well, then what's imagination? And what's memory? And what's the times when we have a perspective outside of our bodies? Where does yeah. that come from? Yeah, it almost requires, in order to see the world this way, it requires the identification with a personality and a body and a personhood and all this stuff in mm -hmm. order to then, pers you know, we're studying other things, you know, not really ourselves. So if knowledge really is a bunch of neurons inside my head that form this, this pattern, this neural net, then either I have it or I don't. True, true. But if if knowledge is something beyond that, then yeah. you can have all knowledge. There's no such thing as not knowing, because you're in, you're like the water drop in the ocean. Yeah. It's all. Yeah, it's a totally different dimensional field. That in order to have this existence of a brain, and the identification of a, a of this body and this personality, it is a. And a, a function to filter only specific per perceptions and information of that total knowledge. So it's as if, you know, it, it, in order to be the tip of the iceberg, you know, it has to be a specific form and only understand and comprehend what it's gone through for its existence, like your memories and everything. And if you remember a spiritual experience, all of a sudden you start opening your mind to these different spiritual possibilities and, and spiritual understanding and even getting into quantum physics and the comprehension of it, and, and which is all wonderful and good and perfectly perfect steps that are bringing you somewhere. And it's always going you to that truth. But uh, in order to be in this world, it is quite literally you have to have 
a percentage of that reality and that requires a denial of mm. the rest of reality like a denial of the truth in order to focus on that and that's what i when i refer to my death experience of what is a resentment or a grievance like you have to not like something in our terms in order to have a definition of a filtration system that is said to be your person yeah what you are and what you are not yeah exactly what you like and dislike and you know what is good and what is bad and, and yeah. that only comes about because you're holding on to a resentment yeah it is required for this that's why the course in miracles is the re Required course that eventually everybody on earth will recognize not just what our truth is but how to get there and that's through just acceptance of everything soon everybody's going to accept everything but we're terrified of our own demise so right. so we want to insist that there's some people that we have to hate and some activity that people do that we have to despise and, and we have to make sure that there's something. It's usually not within our circle of people, uh, but uh, we have to make sure that they're out there. You know, and, and I'm not that type of person. I don't believe in that type <laughs> of way. And in order to that ensure guy. that you are something, you know, you are a person. But that's what conscious evolution is about, is like in this dimension, as we are accepting a little more and, and re reincarnating into another body to then accept more, and, and in that whole experience, that it's inevitable. And your children's 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 will believe in such vast understandings of reality. It's, it's undeniable for them. I mean, they're, they're going to have such... I mean, just think of this information, even talking about your doctor stuff and surgery and everything to your great-great-great-great-grandparents. And it's just outstanding. And I mean, the... The education that they got and if they got any and mm. in their fullness of education and people even going through college when it first got around is like not even high school stuff to what is around today mm. and that's it is interesting yeah well because you're talking about how it <clears throat> my kids is kids is kids is you know and i'm i'm in england right now away from my family and my wife is telling me about my daughter and she's like, man, over the last couple of months as she's getting older and she's been walking more and becoming more independent, she's starting to develop more of her own personality. And my wife keeps telling me she has your personality. She <laughs> has become you since you've been gone. She has my like ver voracious sense of independence. And she has my little temper and stuff. Yeah, like, man, whatever I, I keep wondering, like too, the experiences that I have, do I pass those down onto her? You know, like our consciousness kind of changes through the generations. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if we got we had time to get into it, I think we mentioned it before. The whole idea that we have DNA and everything. This is like literally the transference of these belief systems and these thoughts and ideas of our consciousness, mm -hmm. and that you know the children are made to rebel and to look for new ways pretty much to take their perspective of their parents and where can I go that my parents have not gone and and it's that sense of expansion 
and determination to find something new and to go through quite literally experience a further percentage of reality because that's our function regardless if we remember it or not that's what the son of god is designed to do through all the variations of understanding and dimensions there's this constant expansion yeah like opening your mind and looking for new things yeah so and to relate it with uh, understanding of a course in miracles is the whole reason A Course in Miracles is so vivid and direct and black and white on everything being not real is because uh, to, like, because to, oh, geez, to expand <laughs> our mind, we just have to pretty much cut it off. So when you recognize the truth, uh, you recognize that this journey thing has been happening the entirety of all reality and will continue. But the next step currently is the fact that you don't exist in the fashion that you do that you think you would do as a person and as a body so we kind of just need to cut it off and say how everything's not real everything doesn't exist uh, it's all in your head and you're giving things magical powers to do things and that then brings it all back to the responsibility back to home and that's what the fourth dimension is about and is a spirit prison idea that the only way out is to recognize Christ and to accept Christ. And that's quite literally to accepting the responsibility of everything that's happening in your world and everything that has been going on and is all from you. You are accountable from, for all of it. And only then will you be able to see the reality past it, see beyond it. And, and it, you know, so we think it's all about just accepting a Jesus, for an example, which is perfectly noble and acceptable. But when we do die uh, and confront Jesus and, and everything, he'll, he'll start saying the same things in which I'm saying right now. And that it's actually within <laughs> you and you're going to have to live again to, to try this out. And that it's a repetition is this prison in a mindset instead of expanding beyond this mindset. It's not so much about the form, but how you're thinking about the form. That was what was so interesting about this talk, too. Is it's, it's interesting to go and to think about, you know, maybe this world's not real, maybe not. But then, like, this ego mind says, well, knock on wood, you know, look at these physical laws, the most fundamental things in the universe. I can point at them and say, well, what about this reality? Yeah. And so for this TED Talk guy to go down to the very most fundamental constants that cannot change by definition yeah. and to point out the fact that they're fluctuating, they're not what we thought they were. And it just shakes everything. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. It's Maybe like, there's not like a... It's funny. It's funny because he, he took that perspective and, and was banned. And the same reason Jesus <laughs> wouldn't be accepted in most churches as well. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like... It, he is far more extreme, and it was more about planting a small seed, stretching minds just a little bit, uh, and, and encouraging that movement, that transition. And, mm -hmm. and that's all it would be is, you know, people die and see Jesus now, which I completely believe and is real. And in that sense, is like he can only meet you where you're at and then kind of push you along. Okay, it's a little bit more kind of just push you along. Well, what if it's like this, you know? 
And <laughs> he pretty much meeting you where you're at is like agreeing with what you're saying and then helping you see a little bit more, a little differently. Instead of doing it so far extreme and getting rejected and then you're just wandering around forever. Right. Until you All recognize it yourself, of course. Yeah. All part of this required course. Yeah. It keeps just nudging you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It is. And to say required course, it's like a lot of people get scared into saying, oh, this book, this religious spiritual book is telling me how it's required <laughs> and I can't do anything. And really it's referring to, no, no, because of your purpose and your function of who you really are, you will be moving on from what you think is real. Uh, that is required. Uh, if it takes 20,000 years or if it takes tomorrow, you know, that's up to you. It really doesn't matter and make any difference how much seeming time uh, that, you know, is relative uh, in your experience. But if you're going to do it, is inevitable you you have to because god it has to know himself he knows everything right. <laughs> it is becoming aware of itself yeah exactly that's why you know it's not such a extreme um prophecy to say that everyone and every mouth will every lips all knees will bow and accept christ no, that's not that far extreme because it's it's reality. It's inevitable. It does seem extreme because it's mostly applied to physical forms and understanding. So yeah, I guess that's a that's our time. So that's quickly, right. it was a, that was a very good one. I enjoyed this. <laughs> good, me too. So, did you post that video on your page or something? Where can we check that no, out? I just, uh, I Facebooked it to you. Okay, maybe I'll post it. I'll, I'll see how it is. If you want to find That's our right. pages, our Facebook pages, you can find us by going to openandclear.com and clicking the contact button. And we have our new Patreon page that everybody co-hosting with me is getting a percentage of. So, if you could help out and support, if you find any inspiration, please uh, give back in any way that you find helpful and there's uh, multiple ways there and not just by the Patreon website and I very much appreciate it so and it helps and goes to my family as well and so thank you and thank you Mark for being here definitely oh I just love this this is like the highlight of my week I don't know I know, me too. We should try it twice a week. Oh, huh? Huh? No. Well, hit me up. Yep, I'd be. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> let's see. All right. Thank you, Mark. And mm -hmm. talk to you all later. Have a beautiful day.